Hey traders, welcome to another Performante podcast. This is episode 49. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how we think Bitcoin's not going to crash and fall at zero uh, dollars. We're going to be looking at some potential supports, talking about it later on. But the main thing we're going to be first discussing is going to be talking about Tesla buying a massive amount of BTC. We're then going to be looking at some other bullish news in the Bitcoin uh, related news section talking about uh, BTC going above the market cap of some of the largest financial institutions in the world. We're going to be talking next about some Dogecoin information, how long it took to actually create the uh, network that a lot of people are thinking is going to go to a dollar. We're going to be looking at some Jack Dorsey, Little Wayne, and Jay-Z collab. And then we're going to be talking a little bit more about Twitter, which Jack Dorsey is the CEO of. And then we're going to end the podcast a little bit talking about some Andrew Yang information. So thank you very much for tuning in. Going to pass it over on to Nathan. Appreciate the time you've taken with us. The day is February 14th, Valentine's Day, and me and Keith are spending it together podcasting. Dynamic duo. And ultimately, we kind of named this episode Bitcoin Crashing because long term, Bitcoin's only going to crash upwards. It'll never go to zero because I'll buy it all. <laughs> so just jumping right into it, we have that massive news story coming out earlier this week about Tesla buying $1.5 billion in Bitcoin and announcing plans starting to accept it for their various products which is absolutely obscenely bullish news seeing one of the largest institutions in America admit KVAN and put Bitcoin on their balance sheet because ultimately it is in their investors' best interest. And in the words of Elon Musk, it really was inevitable. Yeah, and it'll be interesting, in my opinion, to see these other companies actually change and accept cryptocurrencies, um, which like in Elon's words, is inevitable. So it'd be interesting to see if he actually ever expects to accept Dogecoin. <laughs> Would be interesting. Um, but uh, 1.5 billion, and that's just the first injection of buy pressure as the US dollar continues to fall. I think not only Tesla are going to be looking at things like Bitcoin as a sound money store value, unlike the US dollars that they're holding that is losing substantial value in front of their eyes. So I think that's just going to be the the first installment of the institutional money that's going to be flooding in, not just from funds and firms, but also from large corporations that have huge cash accounts that they don't really know what to do with. Um, you know, they need that to, you know, for, for emergencies and, and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, if they are losing too much of it in terms of the value, they're going to have to find alternatives and um, you know, maybe hire a portfolio manager to use sound assets like gold, silver, and crypto to uh, store a little bit more of their value and, and wealth. So moving on to the next thing kind of related to what we're talking about, the institutional funds coming in um, and looking at Bitcoin as a potential store of value. We see that crypto nears $1.5 trillion um, in terms of market cap as Bitcoin surpasses the world's biggest banks. And we see Bitcoin surpass, you know, large uh, transactions, um, financial services like Visa, MasterCard, PayPal. And now we're seeing, you know, BTC surpass, just BTC alone in terms of market cap sur surpass JP Morgan, which was a pretty monumental moment. And then also uh, Berkshire Hathaway, which was 
uh, Warren Buffett's fund, which he's been obviously CEO of for many years. So we're definitely seeing that transition where it's not, I know, a hope anymore. We're seeing institutions, you know, unanimously basically agree, saying this is turning into an asset class that we have to focus on and it needs to be addressed um, as, a, as a potential investment because the U.S. dollar is inevitably going to zero. You know, over time, no fiat currency has survived. And we see institutions finally accept cryptocurrencies, especially BTC, as a, a sound money in, a, in an asset that is deemed to be um, holding value over a long duration. So extremely bullish, in my opinion, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. We've been absolutely throwing companies to the wayside as Bitcoin climbs up in this market cap list. Because now when you take that top 10 assets by market cap, obviously the Titan gold at the very top at $11.6 trillion. But Bitcoin has crept its way up into the top 10 sitting at number 9 with an $880 billion market cap. Absolutely obscene. I made a post about it on Instagram this morning, and unfortunately, it is no longer true because we are seeing a little bit of a downtrend. <laughs> but the total crypto market cap actually overpassed Silver's today for a very brief period of time. Had to leap on the opportunity and make the post. But I think <laughs> even that in itself is such a bullish statement to say that the total market cap of all cryptocurrencies is higher than a physical metal. And uh, I believe that's really just the next one to be knocked off the list in terms of the overall crypto market cap as we proceed further and further into this bull market. Totally. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. That's pretty unbelievable. Um, silver has been around for thousands and thousands of years and it has been used as money um, and true money, right? So to see cryptocurrencies surpass something that has that level of status and um, I guess, um, historic value and, 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 and use case, pretty unbelievable. And if we are looking, the numbers are probably different to some degree at this point, just because of the pullback that we're seeing right now. But um, even altcoins like Ethereum, larger than Wells Fargo, Citigroup, um, Commonwealth Bank, as well as Royal Bank of Canada, um, we're Canadians, which is currently at like 118 billion. Ethereum is currently probably at like 200 billion in terms of market cap. BTC sitting at like seven, seven, eight, sorry, 870 uh, billion in terms of market cap. So we're creeping up to that trillion dollar mark for BTC. And I think we're going to be overtaking every single stock in the US um, and then leading into the charge to actually create its own asset class, which we're seeing right now. But um, I think just BTC alone is going to be perceived to be in the same status as silver and gold in terms of market cap and the market will perceive that to be um, true and, and even more perhaps we don't exactly know right because um, theoretically if you go to a different you know if you get asteroids you could find gold and silver um, but there can only be one network of BTC that uh, has less than 21 million BTC that uh, can be owned so interesting thoughts going to be uh, very very not really, I guess you could say um, satisfying, but uh, it'd be great seeing BTC actually, you know, cement and, and have a level of validation from even the institutions. That, yes, this is something that is perceived to be a form of sound money. So really cool on that form. So 
going to be switching things up, uh, unless there is anything to say that you have there, Nathan? No, I had nothing else to add on to that. Sweet. All right. So uh, next one we're going to be talking about is Dogecoin. We're going to be uh, seeing how long it took him to actually create it. Uh, took three hours, and now it could hit a dollar. And what I was actually uh, talking about Nathan with uh, when I was actually reading about this is he still currently a, apparently has a job. He's currently a software engineer at uh, in, in the Bay Area in an, for an educational company. So he makes really good money, but I'm just surprised at this point with all the hype surrounding Dogecoin and the Wall Street bets individuals thinking that somehow pumping that coin will somehow hurt the institutions in Wall Street funds, which there's no correlation. There's no Wall Street funds that are short Dogecoin. Like, really, there aren't. Um, in, in my opinion, maybe there's like one or two, but, you know, you're not really going to be hurting anyone shorting or longing that particular asset. It's kind of weird that Robin had opened it up once that whole hype started emerging, which is kind of interesting. So going back to it, you know, the person who actually created Dogecoin in a matter of hours still has a job, but I, I didn't think he saw value in it, and we certainly don't. But um, I think Elon Musk just wants it to actually potentially be a currency that people use literally for meme's sake, because um, he's like that, and he just wants it to be a possibility. But... Um, yeah, we've been definitely advising people. It, it is not an investment. No, not at all. It's more of an entertaining gamble rather than anything else. Um, it's possible that it goes to a dollar, and it's possible it goes a lot lower than that. Ultimately, if you are buying, that's not an investment, that's speculation. I would say somewhere in line with gambling. But hey, you know, to each their own. All we know is that Elon's probably going to keep pumping Doge. It's probably going to keep going up. And ultimately, it's something that I feel much more confident in watching from the sidelines rather than having a large open position on Dogecoin. And so to move on to our next story here, we have the collab you didn't know you needed. It is between Jack Dorsey, Lil Wayne, and Jay-Z, who collectively committed... It looks like 500 Bitcoin in total to an endowment fund for both Africa and India. It'll be set up as an irrevocable trust just to try and do some good in those nations. And ultimately, it's pretty interesting to see those three specifically collaborate and donate Bitcoin for a community-focused initiative in Africa and India. Yeah, like Jack Dorsey definitely makes sense. Like he has hashtag Bitcoin on his Twitter bio. So that definitely makes sense. And he's very philanthropic and, you know, loves to donate. He, I think, donated like the most out of any kind of one percenter um, that's like public, I, I'd say. I don't exactly know what it was, but it was some percentage of his net, net worth. But uh, that's not too surprising, but Little Wayne and Jay-Z definitely is uh, coming from left field a little bit, I'd say. But, you know, good for them. They're getting into the space. They're helping out communities in Africa, India, and doing it with a disruptive technology that is definitely going to, in my opinion, help out those nations if they're able to just hold it. And at a later point, once it's worth more, use it for the greater good of the country. So good to see. Kind of a weird collab. <laughs> I love it. The collab you know you didn't need. <laughs> That's so good. Um, kind of sticking on to the 
Jack Dorsey Twitter theme. Uh, the Twitter CFO says social media giant uh, Twitter is considering whether to add Bitcoin to its balance sheet. They're talking about a uh, thing with Tesla, with Elon Musk investing some money in BTC because of their huge cash position that is losing a tremendous amount of value. We're seeing huge corporations like Twitter and I'm sure other behemoths also consider and maybe take that same plunge where they're going to invest in BTC and maybe even other uh, assets within the cryptocurrency space to better hedge the huge cash position that they currently have. So we, we see validation that Twitter could be doing that. Um, Jack Dorsey is obviously going to be extremely favorable of that because he understands the value that Bitcoin's able to uh, ha create for the benefit or for the benefit of the owner and, and holder of that asset. So great to see. And um, last thing we're going to be talking about here is that discussion with Andrew Yang. Um, as mayor of New York City, if he does uh, potentially attain that role, he would invest in making the city a hub for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So we're seeing Andrew Yang in New York and we're seeing uh, Chamath in California, potentially being governor there. Um, and the government overall, the political faces that we're seeing could shift, could change. And that would be monumental because then we're seeing adoption from a governmental level. And that's the hardest, in my opinion. It's a lot easier to see the adoption of retail traders, individuals, and then funds and firms. If the appreciation is there, if the ROI is there, they'll obviously pile in. But the government's being able to also accept this as a form of technology and an asset that they want to invest in to hedge against their own currency inflating away. <laughs> that's a pretty interesting situation to be in, but that's a, a massive pile of money that's also going to be uh, injected into Bitcoin. So, um, you know, funds and firms, governments both accepting this as an asset that is going to be a form of sound money for generations to come is pretty monumental. So, um, yeah. Any thoughts there, Nathan? No, it's just kind of adding to the bullish climate that we're currently seeing basically across the entire sector. We're obviously seeing that big institution aspect to it with the big names getting involved. Like we talked about, that's really contributed to pumping crypto up almost to 1.5 trillion. Alternatively, there's definitely a healthy amount of retail FOMO, let's call it. And uh, now we're seeing the kind of political aspect from more of the legislative perspective come into the bullish schema of how crypto is looking. And so although the short-term price action might look a little bit bearish with this dip down to 47k, I still don't think it's anything super significant. And in the long term, Bitcoin will continue to crash upwards. And realistically, I think the best has yet to come. So on that bombshell, we will end this episode. It has been February 14th, and I'll pass it on over to Keith. Thank you very much for tuning in to the 49th episode of this Performante podcast. We really enjoy making it for you. We learn as well about what's happening within the news and being able to be informed of what's going on, um, not just within the cryptocurrency space, but also um, looking at the space within governments and regulations and uh, new projects and really just having a good handle of what's going on. So hopefully we were able to provide some value for today within this podcast. And until next time, have a good one, traders.